Hey guys, this is Esh. Welcome to Two Guys in a Podcast. Today we come to you from a galaxy far, far away on an old country road. Jason, how are we doing today, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. I'm excited about this show. Um, we're going to be covering Star Wars and the whole saga. We're going to do a movie review of The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I'm going to get into some of the um, Star Wars expanded universe, talk a little bit about the story behind the story and then talk about the uh, impact it's had on our culture. And we have a fellow Star Wars fanatic here with us, Nick Taylor. He's done some research for the show today on the Mandalorian War. Uh, I'm looking forward to hear about that with the new Mandalorian show on uh, Hulu. Uh, Disney Plus, excuse me. I I think Nick will have some really good stuff to to bring to the table here. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Terry Cagle. He couldn't be with us today. But we look forward to getting back with them and doing another show. That's absolutely right. All right, so Jason, what was your first take on Rise of Skywalker? Okay, Rise of Skywalker. Well, I'll be honest with you. When I first saw it, I had high expectations, but they were tempered. I thought, well, you know, I I don't want to build this thing up too big Mm -hmm. and then be disappointed. So when I saw the movie, there were things that I liked, but I was like 50-50. I didn't really have a strong feeling either way, but then after I thought about it, and then the next day, I don't know, I guess I guess my computer had to sleep so it could process, I really liked it even more. And I thought about some of the things about it that I liked, and I thought, you know, that, that wasn't too bad. Now, I personally, I believe they tried to put too much into it. It should have been a two-part movie, I think. Total, I think they could have done a much better job and given a better product that satisfied more people doing a two-parter. Yeah, I, I left. I left. Wanting, I was left wanting more. I wanted more. More in the movie. I don't think they touched enough. Uh, I read somewhere that uh, they were going to include some backstory on how Palpat- Palpatine was able to revive himself and stay alive all that time. Mm-hmm. So I was left. I, I kind of wanted that. I was kind of hoping to get a backstory on it. I was still left not knowing a whole lot about the Knights of Ren. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than the research that I've done personally, you know, if I just watched the movies and didn't know. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, you know, they gave some of the backstory to Leia. They kind of answered some of the questions about, you know, what is her Jedi training? Right. Um, you know, the I, I kind of felt like the twist with Ray being Palpatine's granddaughter was an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. And you know, when when she accidentally set off that force lightning and blew up the starship, I was like, Wow, you know, and that kind of that kind of answered some questions. Um Kylo's an interesting character to me, um, just because of the the tug of war that's taking place within him. Um, so that I think they covered a lot of that well, but I go right along with you. They could have done so much more to explain, you know, because Palpatine is a central figure in this whole saga and an extremely powerful enemy. So to explain exactly the depth of that power and to shed a little light on the dark side, um, to explain, do more with the Knights of Ren, who everybody's been very curious about, who's a Star Wars fan, who are they, where do they come from, why are they? Well, you and know, they just, you know, they came out of nowhere. They just came out of nowhere, and you know, unless you do a deep dive on some Star Wars uh, expanded universe, you really just don't know anything about them. Right? You know, we didn't even know in the scene where they're um, in the Emperor's chamber, and you have what look like thousands of Sith followers in the gallery. We're not even told who they are. Right. You have to do some research on that to understand what they are. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, you discuss that at some point. Basically, they're just followers followers of the Sith religion. Yes. They're not Sith Lords, they're Sith Eternals. Yes. They're just followers of the religion. Right. And and they're there because Palpatine represents he's their deity. Their deity. He is their deity and that they're pumped because they're poised to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nick, what'd you take of the movie? Uh, whenever I watched it, you know, I, I went in there like Jason, I had you know, I didn't want to go in there with high hopes or anything because I heard that this was going to be bad, and I, I wanted it to be really good. It was going to be how they are going to wrap off the Skywalker saga. Um, you know, first day I saw it, I was like, well, you know, there there were some good things, but there were some things that I didn't like in it. But like Jason, the next day I was like, well, overall it was pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it a lot better than The Last Jedi. Um, it, you know, The Last Jedi had a lot of parts that I felt were unnecessary. Um, but in this one, you know, they kept a keep going forward pace. So I didn't, I don't remember anything being in there that was unnecessary. You know, everything, you know, tied in eventually. Mm-hmm. One thing about the movie that I kind of thought was unnecessary in this movie, when they went to the planet and they found Lando. Yes. That whole festival going on didn't really have any sense in as far as the movie. They could have cut that to about half. And done more with it. Or done more with the movie. At really? Yeah, because, you know, there again, you're seeing a character, Lando Calrissian, that you haven't seen in those films Let's see, in thirty years, and since eighty three, yeah, since eighty three. So, I mean, really, you had a you had a young him in Solo, right, 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 and you know, so I would have rather the whole festival scene, they would have put more time into what is Lando doing here, mm-hmm. where's he been? Mm-hmm. So I, that was another like we're talking about. There are things that they could have covered more, um, that they didn't. Uh, you know, the running time I believe was two hours and twenty two minutes. I kind of felt like, okay, if you're not going to do a two-parter, it needs to be close to three hours. Um, I think Marvel's done a good job with that. Oh, yeah. They're saying, okay, we're, we're just not going to cut it short. Whereas you see with the DC movies like uh, Justice League, they were under a cap from Warner Brothers no more than two hours. Mm-hmm. And it seems too rushed, too pushed together. So um, they, I, I think they could have done that's something that. Disney's been able to accomplish with all the stuff they've bought up and they're doing movies on Marvel Disney uh, Star Wars and I think they're doing a great job with it they could have done more with this movie I think yeah uh, yeah I think they could have um, you, you almost got the feeling that the production team and the director were nervous because they were really getting chewed up by some pretty tough fans right and they're like listen we got to get past this thing. Let's get this story told. Wrap it up, folks, because we're going on to a whole new thing. The Mandalorian's been very popular. They see, hey, that's where our that's going to be our bread and butter. It's a great show, man. I love it. It is. It is, and we'll talk about that more during the show. Um, you know, and, and some of the other proposals for Disney streaming shows. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, some things from the movie. If you notice in the beginning of that movie. Uh, Kylo is on a on a planet with trees and he's killing people and that is Mustafar. Now, if you remember from uh, Revenge of the Sith, at the end of the movie, that's the planet that they're on, where Vader gets well when Anakin gets burned alive, his legs are gone and right, right. right. Uh, well, there's some backstory to that that I found. Okay, play it on us. So, eons ago. In the history of that planet, there is a ancient relic on the planet called the Bright Star Crystal. Okay. A lady named Lady Kovacs, and it was kind of a wartime. Her husband got died, got killed in the war. So she found this relic, and she was trying to bring her husband back to life. But instead, when she did, it turned the planet into this volcanic planet. It was a nice, green, lush planet before that. So it turned into a volcanic planet. Fast forward around Rogue One time. Darth Vader finds out about this relic, and he's going to try to bring Padme back with it. But it has to be somebody in this lady's bloodline that uses it to do this. So it reverses the effects from when she used it and starts healing the planet. Okay. So it starts turning green again. So that's why when Kylo Ren comes there looking for that, what was that? that the Sith Wayfinder. The Sith Wayfinder. Um, Which was Darth Vader's Wayfinder. Okay, that was Darth Vader. Okay, when he comes there looking for it, mm-hmm. that's why he's in a forest and it's it's still healing, still changing. Still healing. Um, and, and that's very, you know that's just something you wouldn't know unless you looked into looked behind the story. And I'm assuming the bright star crystal is some form of a kyber crystal. Probably so. I would assume because it talks about the Sith would use large kyber crystals to power weapons. Well, let's talk about that. What are in Explain what are the kyber crystals and what is their relevance to the whole Star Wars story. A kyber crystal, and you've got legend explanation and you've got canon. Now, as we explained before, legend is kind of a, a deep, wide subject when they started expanding the Star Wars universe when the Phantom Menace came around. Canon is what is actually part of the Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. That's the real deal. That's what Disney's using to look at as hard. This is, this is our map. Right. So, a kyber crystal is a clear crystal that is force-sensitive. Okay. 
So the Jedi, back when they first started, you know, the Jedi Order, they would send their youth to a planet called Elam. It's kind of an ice planet like Hoth. Now, kyber crystals are found on other planets too. As you saw in Rogue One, they were mining off uh, a planet called Judah. Now, that's right, because the Empire was there taking the kyber crystals to power the Death Star. To power the Death Star, yes. That's right. So, it's a clear crystal, and the lightsaber don't get its color from the crystal itself. When a, a Jedi bonds with the kyber crystal, it's kind of a force connection, but kind of like Kylo and Rey had in the new trilogy. They would bond with the crystal, and the crystal would actually talk to them. And that's where it gets its color at. Okay. From the personality of the Jedi that holds it. That's why you have different colors. That's why you have different colors, okay. except for red. Now, red in canon, from my understanding and my reading, it, the, the Sith have to use the Force to force that crystal to bond with them. And it causes the crystal to bleed, and that's where you get the red color. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, there's your kyber crystals. Uh, and you've got, they're all different colors now. you got Mace Window had purple. Now, the only reason there was a purple one is that's because uh, uh, Sam Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber. And that's is the that the reason why? That's the reason there was a purple and, and, lightsaber. And what Sam Jackson wants, Sam Jackson gets. Right, Sam Jackson I mean, gets a purple lightsaber. He's Shaft, so, he's Nick Fury. Blue was your basic Jedi, your Padawans. They were blue. Green were more for your Jedi Knights. Okay. Uh, Jedi Masters. Uh, Yoda had a green one, obviously. He was a Grand Jedi Master. Right. And right. we'll get more into that. And then you had yellow, which in, in Legends, the yellow is more of a, the Jedi uh, protectors of the temple. What do you call them? Uh, the uh, Sentinels. Yeah, the, 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 I guess you would say they're the royal guards almost. But really, it changes with this movie in canon because Rey makes the yellow lightsaber at the end of uh, Skywalker. Which is kind of interesting if you talking about the rise of Skywalker at the end... And, and, and you may explain this a little bit more as we go along. She ends up at the very end of the movie, right back where it started at the home of Luke Skywalker. So possibly that yellow lightsaber state, now she is the keeper of the temple. Maybe. One question I had from the movie. You know, we all know, you know, the Jedi, they mine their, their kyber crystals. Where did Rey get her kyber crystal? Don't know. And, and talking, man, Terry had talked about it a little bit, and he said, "Well, maybe she took Ben's and purified it out of his lightsaber." But in some research I did, and it explained some things that I had questions about on Kylo's lightsaber. His kyber crystal was unstable; it was a cracked kyber crystal, and that's why they had to vent it out the sides. That's why he had it looked like he had that handle. Right. Okay. So that's that's kind of why his his lightsaber was kind of it looked unstable at times. Okay. You know, it cracked, and, you know, he right. had a cracked kyber, kyber crystal. And, and do you think that that was symbolic of literally the psychological crack he had as far as the war between the dark and the light? I believe so. In, in uh, the first movie, you could tell the whole through the whole trilogy that he had some... Uh, conflict. Conflict between the light and the dark. When he killed uh, Han at the you know at the end of uh, the first movie, he had conflict there I think, and that's where his conflict really started. Because I don't think and and one side he didn't want to kill him, mm -hmm. but he did. Right, right, right. So, well, I think I mean that and that's the part that's interesting. And you talk about Star Wars Legends. Now you explained what canon was. Mm -hmm. Legends, basically, what you're saying is that space in between that uh, hasn't been talked about in the movies, but was expanded on between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens in the form of books, comics. Right. And it has been since, since the original Star Wars was released. There have been books wrote through the years, and I've read several books. That, and some of the books that are, I guess, considered legend now, Han and Leia had twins. Right. I, I've, I've, I've uh, seen that. Jason and... Uh, I don't remember the other one's name, but it was male and female twins, like Luke and Leia. Right. So, you know, that was a whole, that's a whole, that's all legend now. Well, and then there's a whole storyline because you wonder between the original Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, there's a couple of decades or more where Vader's out doing stuff. Right. We don't know what he's doing. Somewhere. Somewhere he's doing something. And there's, there is so much that has not been covered in the films 
that the, the actual Star Wars universe just <coughs> continues to expand, and they and continue to grow stories behind stories. Right, absolutely. Uh, you've got the time from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope, where, what does that say, 27 years? Oh, man, what, yeah. Luke, yeah, and that, 20s, that's what I'm referring to, right, that time period. Right, that's referring to, yes. yeah. Yeah. Vader's out doing all kinds of things, and they've touched on some of that in, say, uh, different books, video games, uh, right. such like that, that's actually considered canon. There's a Darth Vader VR game, and that's where I learn about this Lady Kovacs with the uh, okay. Mustafar planet. And he's out, one of his main main assignments is hunting down Jedi. That was his original assignment. Okay. Destroy the Jedi. Destroy the Jedi. And uh, from my understanding, a lot of the readings, he had conflict the whole time between the light and the dark. And Palpatine actually, in some of the some of the readings I've had, tried to kill Vader several times. Wow! Tried to send a hunter after him to kill him. Wow! Because he he knew he could foresee Vader turning on him at some point. Yeah, Palpatine's just an evil dude. Very powerful. Very powerful and ruthless. Probably one of the most ruthless villains in film. Yeah. And I would you know, I would love at some point to get a backstory on him. I know a little bit of his backstory. Uh, uh, Sheev Palpatine. Mm-hmm. He was very popular. His on his home planet, they were popular politicians, and that's where he got his 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 his, his start at. Okay. He he said, "I'm I'm destined for more," and he actually sought out the Sith religion because he was look he was trying to tap into something. Yes, he sought out and uh, he ended up meeting his Jedi as a Sith master and learning the ways of the Force. Ended up killing his master. Wow. So and therefore set him on the road to ruthlessness to be just the big evil. The big evil. Well, help me with this then, because uh, th- this is something that I've always wondered about, and I think is uh, probably very interesting. Because I know there are thousands of years of Jedi and Sith history, and for those of you that really don't are, are just kind of uh, pay attention to this casually, uh, Darth Vader and, and Emperor Palpatine, all the bad guys, they follow a way of living. Uh, it's a religion called the Sith religion and and the thing that i have wondered the most about is where do the sith come from where does that originate where did the jedi come from how did we get to that point well it from my understanding it comes from the planet we see in skywalker exegol that's a sith planet and that's where palpatine was at the in in the rise of skywalker yes okay that's where he's been hiding all this time okay Uh, he had a wayfinder made it to the sith planet and that's where the sith sith religion originated from exegol uh, the Sith and the Jedi at one time were one group. Okay. And then some wanted to start dabbling with the dark side of the Force, and they broke away. And they had a civil war. I well, believe. they had a civil war, and then the the people that broke away they wasn't they wasn't called the Sith originally. Right. They found the Sith planet, and that's where they adopted the Sith religion. Okay. Now, was it because the the Sith religion? Because you say they they were they were trying to tap in and use the dark side, which was forbidden by the yes. Jedi, and so therefore they found this planet and this culture that was already just naturally attuned to it. They were naturally attuned to the dark side. Okay, and so that's where they come from. Yep. And I, I believe the first Dark Lord of the Sith. I, I did see this um, that uh, who was a, a Jedi master was a guy named Ajunta Paul. The original Sith Lord. The original Sith Lord. Wow. Yeah. So that's a name I've never heard before, so that's something that I didn't even see. Well, you know, it just I was kind of looking looking it up. I knew I knew I wouldn't be able to compete with these two uh these two masters of Star Wars, but I could throw a curveball every now and then. What do you what do you have to add to that? Nick, what do you think? Uh I've never even heard of a Junta Paul. You know, as long as I've been a Star Wars fan, I've never heard of him. You know, I, growing up, I always thought, you know, Darth Sidious was the one. And then I kind of learned a little bit more. You know, you got Darth Plagueis, which was his master. And uh, I want to say Darth Tenebris was Plagueis' master. And that's as far back as I have ever heard. Now, you bring up Darth Plagueis, who was Palpatine, also known as Darth Sidious' master. Mm-hmm. He is brought up in Revenge of the Sith. I remember when Palpatine, asked, when he's trying to turn Anakin so that he will become Darth Vader, um, he brings up, he asked him if he's ever heard the sad tale of Darth Plagueis. And 
basically my understanding now, y'all please correct me if I get something wrong here, is Darth Plagueis was a Sith Lord who out of necessity because of the destruction of his body was more of a spirit that attached itself to the physical. And he and Palpatine worked together to find a way to manipulate the Force to create life or bring the dead back to life. And that's why he was using that to try to appeal to Anakin because he's like, you've already lost your mother. You couldn't save her. Jedi kept you from that. That's their fault. Now, you may lose the woman you love, Padme, and I can tell you how to prevent that. Right. And that's how he wooed him. And there's been a lot of conflict over the years. You know, people, you know, Star Wars fans going back and forth about who caused the birth of Anakin Skywalker. Because according to the movies, it was a virgin birth. Mm-hmm. Who manipulated the Metachlorians to cause that birth? Well, before we say that, there may be some people who don't even know what the Metachlorians are. Right. So, um, Jason, tell us what the Metachlorians are. Well, my understanding on the Metachlorians, um, I would compare them to like we have cells that make up our body. Mm-hmm. They are a form of a cell within your within certain life forms. Um, doesn't have to be human because we know there have been Jedi said that were not humans; they were other mm-hmm. races. Uh, that is particular. That those cells are particularly uh, force sensitive, and if you have a high, like you were to say, if if you were really sick, maybe your white blood cell count is way up. Well, if you had a high metachlorian uh, cell count, then that shows you're very force sensitive because those particular cells are sensitive to the force, and that's what gives people who are force sensitive their power. Right, and Anakin Skywalker had the highest ever metachlorian count in anything. Right, absolutely. That's why they consider him the chosen one, to right. bring balance to the Force. Right, to end all the suffering and all the fighting. Yes. So the metachlorians are a big deal in the whole Star Wars universe. Right. Everything's got metachlorians. Everything. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. And, and do, we, do we know yet, though, how Anakin came to be? That's if it was exactly a virgin right. birth. We don't know. A lot of, a lot of people say that Palpatine is the one that caused that. Because but his training with Plagueis, he learned how to manipulate the Metachlorians. And cause life. And cause life. But we find out in Skywalker that Rey is the granddaughter of Palpatine, so that would be kind of a weird uh, weird it, twist to the whole thing because in the end, you know, we kind of feel a love connection between Kylo and Rey. That's uh, kind of inbred. Because <laughs> they would be related to that point. You, got, you know, and that's been, that's been an accusation as long as I can remember on Star Wars. Because you remember in the original Star Wars, Episode 4, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, you begin almost a love triangle between Luke, Leia, and mm-hmm. Han. Yeah. And we find out in Return of the Jedi, they're brother and sister. And everybody's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. I can imagine back in your day, that was a big deal. Well, it was, you know, it wasn't, of course, I was so young, I, and we didn't have social media for everybody to put their opinions in, but it was kind of one of those things you kind of snickered at, right. you know, but, you know, like I said, <laughs> oh, she kissed her brother, she kissed her brother, ooh, that's gross, you know, now people, Facebook would be alive, and they'd be, wait a minute, right. this is gross, you know, this is wrong, um, because, you know, everybody's got access. Right. Yeah, there's a lot, man. You know, the the Jedi go back a long time, twenty five thousand years from my research. Wow, and that's that's a long time. That's a long time. Heck yeah, by anybody's standards. Right, and back when it first started, before they were actually the, called the Jedi, the people that were light 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 side sensitive, they were called Ashala. Ashala. Okay. And then the Jedi formed after that, and they, then they started calling you know, the Jedi, and they formed the Jedi Order. The Sith originally, the dark side users, were called Bogan. Bogan. Right. Almost like Boogeyman. And they were uh, Force sensitives on uh, Tython, which is what it was called in Legends, but it's Exegol and Canon. Okay. okay. And they were the dark side users that adopted the dark side. Uh, you know, we said it, at the high point of the Jedi Order, there's 10,000 Jedi. I would have never thought there were that many. Well, if you look, when we, you know, we first saw A New Hope, that was the original Star Wars that me and you saw. Right. Uh, Nick here, you probably grew up in the uh, prequel trilogy, right? Yeah. Uh, first time I had ever seen Star Wars was four, five, and six. Okay. So um, he saw the original. He started on the originals. Okay. So okay. in A New Hope, we didn't see very many Jedi. You had Obi-Wan Kenobi, 
Yoda, and then eventually Luke Skywalker. And those were the only, if I remember right, those were the only Jedi we saw. That was the only Jedi. And then you had the Sith with Darth Vader. Right. And the Emperor. Mm Mm-hmm. So you only had three Jedi and two Sith in the entire, the entire deal. And then we come to find out as it goes, hey, there was a whole lot more to this. Right. Now, in reading I've done, they said there could have been more Jedi in hiding that didn't come out. <laughs> well, Yoda was in hiding. Yoda was in hiding. That's an example. Mm-hmm. So there's more Jedi spread out in the galaxy. And that, that's going to come up in, in newer movies later on down the road, I'm sure. Right. Well, do, you know, bringing that up and... Uh, you know, I know Yoda is one of your faves. He is. Um, do you think you, you go back to the the, the um, episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, and uh, Darth Vader's been going around now for going on thirty years, fighting and killing Jedi, but yet Yoda's untouched. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's probably several different theories on that. Do you think he, either one, Vader did not want to take on Yoda, or two, he felt like well, as long as he's there. I can contain him. He's not a problem for me. He's not a problem for me. There's a lot of theories that I've read. See, uh, a big question was brought up. Why didn't Yoda sense Palpatine? Why didn't Yoda sense his dark force? There's there's Sith ways and Jedi ways of doing things to block yourself from being detected by another force user. So what I'm thinking is maybe Vader tried to find Yoda, but Yoda was blocking the force, you know, from being able to... Yeah. Pick up on that. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That's kind of, that's my thought, and that's kind of theory that I want to go with. Yeah. Because they don't tell us, so we get to go by our own theory. Right. And after he felt like Luke was trained and that there was a hope to defeating yeah. the Emperor, he, he, he allowed himself to die. He allowed himself to become one with force. Right. I had uh, seen something. I don't know if it's canon or if it was in Legends. I think it was part of a comic book about, you know, Darth Vader was talking to Palpatine about going to find Yoda because he knew he was still out there. And uh, Palpatine, you know, he was just kind of, well, don't worry about it, you know. He'll, he'll die of old age. But Vader was consistent with, we got to hunt down these Jedi because if not, they're going to come back. Mm-hmm. And Palpatine was more of along the lines of, they can't stop us at this point. So there was a little bit of, they wanted to go find Yoda, but Palpatine was like, don't worry about it. Do you think Palpatine feared Yoda? I think he did. Um, I had watched a thing where on uh, episode three, if you remember, uh, when Yoda and Palpatine was fighting, Palpatine kept getting away from Yoda. That was because Yoda was very, the style of combat that he used was up close. So if he was up close to Palpatine, if it was close quarters at all times, Palpatine would have lost that. And Palpatine knew that, so he's trying to make distance between Yoda. Kind of like Mike Tyson. He was so much shorter but powerful in boxing. And you know you know a lot about this. If he was up close, you're done. Mm-hmm. But then when the taller guys with the long arms started figuring out if I keep him at a distance, then he started to lose. Exactly right. And I've never actually heard that theory before. So that's something new for me. Yeah. And that makes sense. Because yeah. all the Jedi had different style fighting. Like Mace Window, he was a master... Lots, lightsabers. Great swordsman. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's good theory. I like that. Uh, but Yoda, man, he was an incredible, incredible creature. Very strong with the Force. A lot of people say Luke Skywalker has been the strongest ever with the Force, but I, I kind of Yoda has to be. I think he has to be. The, he the was nine hundred and something years old when he died. Mm-hmm. He became a Grandmaster with the Force uh, with the Jedi at a hundred years old. The right. So he trained. Yoda himself trained roughly 20,000 Jedi in his life. Wow. That's a lot of Jedi. Yeah, that's a lot of Jedi. That's, that's, a, that's an incredible uh, task. He trained a lot, of, a lot of people that turned over to the dark side, Count Dooku, uh, just ample amounts of Jedi he trained. It, it's insane. 20,000, imagine training 20,000 people. In anything. In anything. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> It'd take you 900 20, years. 20,000. Yeah, it would take you 900 years. 20,000 is a big number. Hell, we couldn't hardly train five officers, could we? That's exactly right. <laughs> Ooh-wee. I, I, I work every day just to train Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you will master the weed eater. <laughs> so, you know, I was kind of hoping, you know, I was watching The Mandalorian and all. <laughs> Around the same time Skywalker came out. So I was kind of hoping that we would tie into, you know, the movies and the show would tie in together, but we never really saw a tie-in. Well, you know, I haven't been able to see The Mandalorian yet because I, I live um, 
basically outside of civilization. Literally in a galaxy far, far in away. In a galaxy far, far away. I'm, I'm in some type of pockery uh, universe here. Um, will y'all tell me about the Mandalorian? Because I know you get into Yoda, or you get into one of his race. Well, not, his not, race. not the Yoda, but one of his race. And then, of course, you've got with the Mandalorians. That goes all the way back to the Mandalorian War with some of the Jedi. And there's a history there. You get into Jango Fett, Boba Fett. Who are they really? So, I mean, I, I would love to hear this. And so, what you think about the show too? We'll give you a little. I'll give you a little breakdown of the show, and then we'll let uh, Nick go into the Mandalorian War. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, basically, the show starts out. You've got this bounty hunter out taking bounties. Well, one of the bounties he gets is the baby Yoda. Okay. So he's supposed to go get Baby Yoda. Right, and take it to this, it's a, I'm assuming it's a fall off from the Empire because he's got stormtroopers. Did they ever say who he was? He was the a, old man. I want to say, you know, can't quote me 100% on this, but I want to say he was part of the Empire, but he's more of a, after the Empire fell, he kind of took his group to a secluded place and they just kind of operate small. Okay. Kind of like a warlord. Yeah. yeah he's a warlord. And he's being played by the guy that was on, um, Breaking Bad, I believe. Wasn't he? I don't know. Maybe, perhaps. I, I, no, that's the uh, the guy at the end in the last couple of episodes. Okay, okay, okay. I'm uh, confused. I'm confused. So, anyway, he, he takes this bounty back, and he kind of, I don't know, felt attached to the, the little creature. Mm-hmm. So, he goes back to get it. He don't want him to hurt it because he thinks, you know, the Empire, they're going to kill this thing because it's Force-sensitive. And right. So, through the whole, through the whole season, he's basically going along with this baby Yoda Collecting bounties and doing different things. And at the end, uh, what was the guy's name that the guy from Breaking Bad played? I'm trying to think of it. I don't remember what they called him, but he they come to this planet and they're trying to get the baby Yoda and they're fighting and finally they get away. But uh, he has a saber at the end of it. A black lightsaber. Because he's black. His, 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 his uh, spacecraft crashed because of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And he cuts his way out with a black lightsaber. Now, in Star Wars lore, and it's canon, the black lightsaber was from the first Mandalorian to be inducted into the Jedi Order. Okay. He created a black lightsaber. And that's where that came from, kind of a, a throwback to canon. Okay. Okay. Well, who who are the Mandalorians? What does that even mean? What? Are, um, well, if you... You know, for years I thought Mandalorian was a race of people, but if you get into the Mandalorian TV show, they say that Mandalorian or Mandalorian is not a race; it's a creed. So it's a creed they follow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, it, I guess at this point anybody could be a Mandalorian. It's just they follow this specific creed. Um, as far as the Mandalorians go, you know, that goes all the way back to Mandalorian Wars and before. Well, tell me about that because I, I just want I want, I want to know the, the backstory on who because that's a very popular show. Um, the Mandalorian Wars got started because uh, you know, like Ash was saying, uh, the Black Saber. One of the Mandalorians got inducted to the Jedi and had his lightsaber. Uh, he he forged his lightsaber himself. Uh, I think he got killed and the Jedi took the lightsaber. Well, that made all the Mandalorians mad. So they went in and they took the lightsaber and that started the Mandalorian Wars. Uh, so that was between the Republic and the Mandalorians. Um, and during this time, you know, some of the Jedi were like, well, we need to help the Republic. But, you know, the council was like, no, that's not, that's not our thing. We're not going to step into that. So they took a group. It was uh, Revan and one of his friends, uh, Alec, is what his name was at the time. Uh, they went in, they took a group into the Mandalorian Wars. Uh, Revan had killed some Mandalorians and stuff and he took one of their masks and he wore a Mandalorian mask over his face so that's where you get the Revan mask from. Um, They fought for a little bit and then uh, they had one Mandalorian, he was the leader of them. They called him Mandalore the Ultimate. Uh, Revan killed him off. And then, um, and during this time, Revan was, he wanted knowledge. You know, he wanted to know a lot of stuff and he, he learned about the dark side. So he learned more of the dark side, and uh, he was still a Jedi at this point. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, Alec went in to, uh, they went to a certain planet where a uh, Sith culture was, because they wanted to learn more about it. 
and they met up with the emperor of that time, and uh, his name was Darth uh, Vitiate. He was the emperor at the time. Well, he manipulated him into turning to the dark side, so that's where you get Darth Revan, and then Alec was Darth Malak. Um, they went in and they started attacking the Jedi after they turned. Um, then you go on so many years after uh, you know the Mandalorian Wars and all that, and Darth Revan and Malak, they're the top Sith Lords at this point. Revan goes in uh, onto a Republic ship to wipe out that ship. Well, Malik, you know, he knew he was the weaker. He was like, well, I can just kill him and become the top Sith. So he ordered to for them to attack the ship, and he believed that Revan was dead. Well, what had happened was the big explosion had knocked Revan out, and it caused him to have uh, amnesia. So he couldn't remember. All he knew was... You know, I got some type of uh, Force-sensitive powers. Uh, Bastila, which was a Jedi at the time, she rescued Revan and brought him back. Revan goes on this big journey. He joins up with the Council, gets training. He becomes a Jedi again. And, uh, you know, all this time he, he has little visions of certain things going on, but he doesn't realize what they are. He just thinks they're visions. And... Uh, he confronts Malik, and Malik tells him, he's like, you're, you're Darth Revan. You know, he doesn't believe him at first, but then he starts to realize, like, okay, maybe I am. And Bastila confirms it. She's like, you were Darth Revan, I saved you. Um, and they had this big thing that uh, Revan and Malik had made. It was called the Starforge. Uh, basically, what it was was they could make ships, droids. It's like a super weapon. Like a super weapon. It was like a big factory. They could make ships, weapons, and just send them out, and they had like unlimited supplies. Um, eventually, Revan had went there and confronted Malik, killed him, and uh, they uh, destroyed the Starforge. And then you go on, and there's a little bit of story after that to where uh, Revan and Basila, they get married, and uh, Revan's still having this conflict in him from the dark side. So he goes off trying to find his own way, and he gets captured by the Sith. Well, when he gets captured by the Sith, they take him to the Emperor, which was Darth Vitiate. Darth Vitiate ended up uh, torturing him for 300 years, and that kind of made something flip in him to where his dark side and light side were conflicting with each other. His light side just wanted to die off and become one with the Force. His dark side did not. It just wanted to keep living. So he goes on for so many years, and uh, I want to say eventually, he, he eventually kind of clicks the dark side off, and he eventually does go in to living in the Force. Okay. And he goes all the way back to the Mandalorian Wars. Yeah. Um... They, they say that he was born somewhere in the Outer Rim about 4,000 years uh, before the Battle of Yavin. So he's... And the Battle of Yavin, I believe, um, Esh had mentioned something to me about that one. What was the Battle of Yavin? I'm not too familiar. It, it was a battle before the New Republic. Okay, it was a major battle in the yeah. Old Republic. In the Old Republic. And they kind of date their history mm -hmm. with that. Okay, so the Mandalorians were Revan... Uh, and Revan, uh, you know, was was one of those rogue Jedi that went to fight the Mandalorians mm -hmm. um, because they were. A, uh, I, I do know enough to know they were kind of a, a very powerful uh, group of fighters. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could take on a Jedi. So, you know, once we get past that, then of course you go through the Republic, and obviously there's times of peace. We get to Jango Fat and Boba Fat. And he's where you know, Jango Fett's wearing Mandalorian armor like we see in the TV show. Mm -hmm. And then eventually that's passed on to Boba Fett, his clone. Um, do what do we know about it? Was he a Mandalorian or, or what? We don't do we know? I don't know a whole lot on Jango, but I had heard that he was not actually a Mandalorian, that he had just stolen the armor and just kinda adopted the Mandalorian name. Um, as far as is he really a Mandalorian or not? I, I'm not 100% sure if he is or not. So he could just be a guy that was a pretty bad dude, yeah. bounty hunter, who got this armor is like, you know what, I can do my job a whole lot easier with this, mm -hmm. and then adopted it, and then of course passed it on to his, what was, you could say it was his son, but was really his clone, mm -hmm. Boba Fett, who is one of the most popular bounty hunters, bounty hunters and Star Wars characters. 
So, but the the Mandalorian character in the show, the Mandalorian, does he have a name? They reveal his name towards the end of the season, but I cannot remember it. You know, I would theorize, you know, on the Mandalorian, and you were talking about Boba Fett and Jango Fett, since it's not a, uh, a race of people, I guess, you know, we talked about anybody could be a Mandalorian. Okay. So maybe he is, you know, because that's who they, Jango Fett, so they cloned for the clone army. Right, the clones. That's so, right. So possibly he adopted the creed and became a Mandalorian even though he wasn't born on that planet. Right, exactly. So so pretty much the Mandalorians lost the Mandalorian War with the Jedi. Yeah. Okay, but they were no uh, fans of the Empire from what, what I've seen on the show. I haven't seen the show, but I've just seen clips. They were not fans of the Empire because their metal that they used to build their armor, the Empire had like basically stole all of it. Ah, uh, yeah. For the war effort. For the war effort. So they, that's they were pissed at the empire because of that. Okay. And okay. if if you, he gets paid like when he collects bounties through the show, he gets paid in that rare metal, oh. and he takes it back and he's able to build onto his armor with it. Okay. Okay. So that, that, that kind of explains that why they hate the empire. Well, is uh, is there has there been other than Yoda has there been any tie-in to the Star Wars films? Not really. I mean, the dark saber a little bit. Uh, there's some mention of Jedi, uh, but not really nothing that ties into the movies that I saw. Okay, okay. And I, I know they're talking about doing further Disney streaming shows mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. What, what, what are they talking about right now? I've heard Obi-Wan Kenobi is in the makings. Um, I think Ewan McGregor confirmed that. Yes. Yeah. He's going to play in the show. Okay, okay. Um... Uh, I had heard before that they were thinking about doing a Yoda one and a Mace Windu, but I don't know if they've confirmed those yet or not. Yoda would be one I'd love to see. Yeah. Darth Vader, I think I saw something the other day where Darth Vader's going to be a confirmed one, that they're going to go into Darth Vader, which I'm, I'm assuming is going to be, you know, like you were saying earlier, what was he doing between three and four? Right. I think that's going to cover that. That would be interesting. And they're talking about doing a Disney streaming show on that? I think so. Well, now, as, as far as future films... Uh, what, what are you hearing? What I'm seeing now, they're going to do uh, one on the old High Republic and okay. the heyday of the Old Republic. So that was thousands of years before anything well, we've yeah, seen. Yeah, you're looking, you can look back. And Yoda was alive in that time, obviously. He was around 100 years old. So you're going to see a very young Yoda in it, possibly. Okay. And then characters we've never seen or heard about before. Maybe some we've heard about, but they're all canon and just been talked about all the years. That, I think that would be the most interesting, man, because you've got so many you know, cool characters you read about and you see about that are all dead and gone by the time, you know, anything takes place that we've seen. So I, I think you that could, would be cool. You could go back as far as, hey, when the Jedi Order was created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when the, when, they, when the Sith broke off. I mean, they could go way back. Well, and they've even, um, I did read a little bit about the history even before the Jedi and, and where, um, so, you know, the, the greater galaxy before it was formed into the old republic. Right. You know, why they formed into the old republic and some of the threats. Well, tell us a little bit about what you've read on that. That's I can't remember, man. It's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of information. That's going back it's, hundreds it, of thousands of years. Exactly. You had one race of aliens, um, and I cannot remember their name, and they were very proficient at developing super weapons, and they eventually came to rule the galaxy for a long, long time. And but um, for one reason or another, they uh, began to die off, and uh, eventually the Republic was formed. And uh, I think the Sith might have adopted some of their technology for those super weapons, which is where you get the beginnings right. of the Death Star and the Kyber crystals and the, and the, the Kyber and crystals yeah. and the use of that. As far as I'm, yeah, and I, I agree with you, man. The Sith, they. They adopted a lot from what the Jedi did. They, uh, that's how they made the ma- their massive weapons with the Death Star, so on and so forth. Hey guys, it's Ash. Welcome back to Two Guys in a Podcast. With Jason, we have shared... A lot of information, but we really haven't even scratched the surface of the Star Wars universe. 
there is so much more in, in the the canon and, and legends that we could talk about. But we're gonna have to move on for now because we don't have enough time in a day to cover everything. Man, it's a big it's a big universe and uh, oh, there's a lot to it. We have covered a lot. We've covered a lot of ground. I think your average Star Wars fan probably talked about a lot of stuff they had no clue on because unless you've researched it or you've read the books and the comics, you just wouldn't know. So I, you know, but what really interests me is you know what kind of impact why is star wars as big a deal as what it is right um and you know i mean you're talking about a film and we both had our experiences with it uh, really a series of films a story that has spanned three generations long time the first one came out in what 77 a new hope yep a new hope and you know for somebody like for somebody my age um I did go to the theater, I think, in 79 when it was re-released and saw it. I was so young. But then I, re- I remember going to see The Empire Strikes Back in 83, and I, I think I was, gosh, I would have been seven or eight years. Jedi, seven. Jedi came out in 83. Oh, gosh, it would have been 81. Yeah. Um, I would have been six. And I remembered my mother taking me to that, and it just it blew me away. Mm-hmm. It blew me away. You know, I remember being six or seven years old. I was we're we're kind of in the same generational gap, basically. So when I was five or six years old, for Christmas one year, mom and dad bought me the VHS box set of the original trilogy. Wow! And I fell in love with Star Wars at that point. How many times did you watch them, buddy? I can't tell you how many times I watched them. I've watched them fifty or sixty times a piece. I guarantee it. As far as all the movies. Yeah. Uh, I didn't much care for the prequel trilogy, but I've still seen it several times. And obviously, yeah. Revenge of the Sith was the best movie of those. I agree. Uh, the original trilogy, there's no telling how many times I've watched it. Yeah. It, the original trilogy is just magic. Right. I've watched uh, Rise of Skywalker six times already. Wow. Man. Yeah. I Just I, just because I'm wanting to... Re re get my mind in it and see you know what did I, what did I miss what what uh what would I want more of in the movie right so I mean I've watched it several times and I last night I went back with the kids and started watching A New Hope again we watched A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and uh, well so you're doing right there what a lot of people talk about um, it's something that you enjoy so much and you mean so much to you you want to share it with your kids you want to share it with somebody you care about and um, you know, not to make it more than what it is, but it has actually been something that people who really don't have much in common have bonded over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got generations. You're introducing your kids to it, yep. and you guys that'll that'll be something you have. You can talk about forever. You know, it's, it's a common interest, right. and it's just I, I don't think anything else comes close. Nothing. You know, you get this one saga of movies. You're, what, six movies in of the actual Skywalker story, and then you got Rogue One and Solo. Mm -hmm. But the biggest, baddest villain ever on screen in Darth Vader. He is absolutely perfect. Iconic. Iconic. Perfect. Everything about him has just invaded our culture. Exactly. You know, the music, the way he talks, the way he breathes. Yeah, I mean, the Imperial March. I mean... The Imperial March. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean you can't beat that. You'll hear it at college football games. Exactly. The band will play that music. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and when it talk, comes to the music, that's another thing. Um, I'll just touch on briefly. Um, John L. Williams, who was the composer, mm-hmm. and he also did the iconic theme from Jaws, where you hear the dun 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 dun. dun. He did that. He did. Um, I'm pretty sure Close Encounters. Uh, did the Indiana Jones dun 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 dun, dun you know and, but Star Wars is his masterpiece he has won more Oscars for his musical scores than any individual ever well that's incredible I didn't know that yep he has more Oscars than anyone um, you know and you had other aspects of it too you and I had talked about before it was groundbreaking in some ways um, because you know of course you got the hero's journey Luke starts out as, as just a kid, just a dummy. And he goes on to be a major player. Um, you've got uh, a strong female lead in Leia, a great role model. And we discussed probably one of the strongest female leads ever on the big screen. 
yeah, and and it's right off the bat. Mm-hmm. She's she's tough right off the bat, and 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 just dedicated to doing and fighting for what she believes is right. Um, you got the story of redemption with Anakin Skywalker who becomes Darth Vader. You know, you you see the conflict like so many people have, and and, and maybe they go off and do a lot of things they shouldn't be doing, but there's always the opportunity for redemption. And then his son helps redeem him. Right, yeah. And he becomes full circle back to Anakin Skywalker and becomes one with the Force. Right, absolutely. And then, then of course, you've got all the fun characters. You've got, um, you know, kind of the the rogue um, uh, Han Solo, who is played brilliantly uh, by Harrison Ford. And everybody likes him. Everybody wants to be Han Solo. And you've got the, the droids. You've got Chewbacca. You've got all this other cast of characters um, that are just fantastic. I mean, Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian, you know, and he Billy D. Williams is a cool cat. Absolutely, he is a cool player, and that's a perfect role for him. Absolutely, you know, um, it's just it's just so good. Um, you know, and then you got the clear the clear battle between good and evil. You 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 see that there is good, there is evil, and later in the stories you start to see well, there's also a gray area. In between, there's conflict, but it's easy to tell, you know, where somebody stands. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at, um, I think when you got the Empire, especially in the Empire Strikes Back and the newer movies with the First Order, I'll tell you the truth, the way they're organized, the way they conduct themselves, it just kind of clicks in my head. These guys remind me a lot of the Nazis. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Nazi war machine. Well, I think they took a lot from the Nazi regime. And that's what kind of what they modeled the empire after. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. They and then, you know, and of course that's 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 history's worst bad guys. You know, absolutely are the Nazis, and um, so uh, that made it very clear, you know, where they were coming from. The marketing. I mean, this was probably well, not probably. I think it was the first movie to to realize, hey, we can market this stuff. We can sell these toys. I mean, now this was before my time, but I read that when the original Star Wars came out, uh, you know, a lot of kids were excited to buy the action figures, and they had to do the action figures later because they weren't sure if that movie was even going to take off. Mm -hmm. So Christmas 1977, you had a lot of kids who got things for Christmas that were um, like coupons. They had pictures of the action figures, and they said these things will be ready by sometime in February. Hang on to these coupons and send them in to get your your action figures. I mean, can you imagine that's what you get for Christmas wow. or coupons? That's incredible. I've never yeah. heard that before. Yes, yes. And that's why if you notice, all, and I remember when each movie would come out back then, you would not see the new action figures till after the movie was released. Right, now they're released beforehand. Yeah, now we're, we're getting clues as to the, the Avengers movies from the action figures. Right. Now, I, I will say this, some, some research I did on this area, the original Star Wars action figures are some of the highest, most expensive selling action figures in history. I can believe that. Like your original Yoda, Luke Skywalker, whatever have you, mm-hmm. the most expensive characters ever sold as far as action figures and resale. Right. There was one I saw that went for one and a half million dollars. Which one was that? I it was remember an, that. I want to say it was an unopened Luke Skywalker Perfect condition. Wow. One and a half million dollars. That's incredible. You know, I played with all mine. I did too. I opened them. I didn't save anything. Oh, absolutely. I would would save the container they came in just so I could look at it. Mm -hmm. And and I, you know, and but I never, um, and that was such a big deal. I would, I remember when I got Han Solo or Hammerhead or Yoda or, you know, that was such a huge deal. I had the Darth Vader collector case, you know, where it was shaped like his head. Oh, wow. And you would put all the action figures in there. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was just great, man. It it really was so much fun. Yeah, I had all all the action figures, man. I had R2-D2, C-3PO, I had all of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Had the Emperor. Then, all of them. Oh, I, now see, I never had an emperor. Right. Never. That's that's. And cool. see, the original release for him, he, they actually had him in a cloth. They did. Yes. I remember that. Yep, they had him in a cloth now, robe. When I got one, it was all rubberized, and you know, it was just formed to him. Right, it was formed to him. Yeah. But the original release of his action figure, he was in a cloth robe and everything, the whole nine yards. Wow. Pretty cool. I mean, I can I can see as a collector it being value that you would want to. The cloth robe. Right. The cloth robe. Yeah. 
You know, and and some of the the something that that gets talked about a little bit, but not nearly enough, the genius of George Lucas to have all of this in his head, and then he had to start his own uh, uh, special effects company, Industrial Lights and, and Magic, I believe, mm-hmm. and to to get it really to where he wanted it because a lot of those you think about the sounds of the spaceships, the sounds of the blasters mm-hmm. had never been heard before. They had to find these sounds. What are they going to be? Create the sound. Create the sound, you know. And um, and then and a lot of the stuff in the first three movies was done through models. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the, what do we use now, CGI? Special effects, CGI special effects, yeah. and special effects, yeah. Yeah, and so that's, that's just the work that went into those productions. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely amazing. So how much money do you think Star Wars has made? You know, I, I I read a few numbers that that were pretty interesting. Um, of course, the the whole series is the all time champ. Trillions, I mean, tri- yes, yes. Whatever's after trillions. Yeah, exactly. When you when you include merchandise, oh my God. But uh, now, merchandise and ticket sales. Oh and, yeah, I mean, just yes. DVD sales and VHS sales. Right, and, and copyrights. I mean, you think about it. They own the copyright on so much that's borrowed and used in other things. And then comic books, and then yes. you had a, the, there's some movies that kind of branched off from it. Uh, the the, the Wiccans. Uh, the the Ewoks. The Ewoks. Yeah. They had a TV show for a while. Yeah, they so did all that. I yeah. mean, you're making money on it. You're making that money. Um, now the the original Star Wars cost eleven million dollars to, and they didn't know if it was going to make it or not. Which is chump change nowadays to make oh, a movie. Man, you can't even get on the on the map with that. Right. Um, but it grossed seven hundred and fifty million. Wow. And that was mainly through word of mouth and the movie trailer. Before this is before it would have spread on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, now, fast forward to the first of this last trilogy, The Force Awakens. Okay, it cost two hundred and forty-five million to make, but worldwide it grossed two billion sixty-eight million. Wow! And you know, everybody, even I thought until I started researching this, thought, well, you know, Avatar was the all-time champ, and then Endgame, Marvel's Endgame, Avengers Endgame, beat everybody. Yep, that's true to a point because Endgame brought in two point seventy-nine billion worldwide but when you take into account the inflation that would have been tagged to the ticket sales in between that time period Endgame doesn't touch The Force Awakens wow yeah it's interesting yeah so really of all the of all the movies if you look at it the um, the original Star Wars grossed 750 million The Empire Strikes Back was around the five four to five hundred million and um, Return of the Jedi was three to four hundred million, so they started going down as far as just the overall. What do you think that was, Jason? You know, I think with the original Star Wars, and you know, I was so young, I can't remember it, and you weren't born yet. It's um, it was a phenomenon, and it was released in 1977, re-released in 1979. And it would stay at theaters for weeks and months, mm-hmm. you know, and it would just, people would go back. They, I remember years ago, the first time they showed it on network TV back in the 80s, and I, I was in, I think, the fourth grade maybe, fifth grade, and um, they had a, a, a special before it just talking about Star Wars, and it showed where there were couples that got married at the theater going to see Star Wars. Wow. I mean, it was just a cultural phenomenon. And I think that, and then when you start getting into The Empire Strikes Back and it keeps going, some of those people who went just for the party, they kind of break away and you get to your real fans. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the only reason I think the number descended. There are people that go to conventions now still dressed as the Star Wars characters, Darth Vader, Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. It has spanned decades. It has, and, and then even to this day, if you see a, see a lady or a girl with her hair put up on the side and two little mini buns, first thing you think is that's a Princess Leia haircut. That's a Princess Leia haircut, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see um, a, a dog that's colored a certain way. You know, there's, there's Chewy. There's Chewbacca. There's Chewbacca running around. There's Chewbacca running around, man.
You know, it's even went as far as there is a religion now. It's a real religion based off the Jedi religion. Man, that's called is, Jedism. Yes, that's wild. That's some wild stuff. Uh, and they, they basically follow the Jedi code. <laughs> it's real. I watched a special on TV on it. I believe it. It's crazy. I believe is it, it would just from watching that, it, would you say that they're following the Jedi code is sim, similar to a, a samurai code or a knight's code? Absolutely. And if you read back and watch any documentaries on George Lucas and where he got some of his ideas for Star Wars, he pulled a lot from the Japanese culture of the samurais and ninjas, such like that. And as okay. we talked, uh, the Nazi regime, as far as for the Empire, right. he pulled a lot from that. Even in the characters' actions, when you look at them in the First Order and The Force Awakens, that you think Nazi. Right, right. I mean, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, I do too, totally. Just the way they, they conduct themselves. You know, it's it's really interesting to me too, when we talk, you, you talk about George Lucas, it was like a, at that time period in the early to mid-70s, you had some young filmmakers, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, uh, oh gosh, and Francis Ford Coppola, and uh, I can't think of who some of the other guys were, were older than them, but they were really the young guys. And of course, Francis Ford Coppola did really big with The Godfather and then Apocalypse Now, he hit gold. Um, Lucas came along with Star Wars and then Spielberg with Jaws, and they, and they all worked together. They all knew each other, and it's just it was like a treasure trove of, of guys that are giants now. Them three changed the movie culture. No doubt. There was no such thing as a summer blockbuster until Jaws showed up, mm-hmm. and then Star Wars broke Jaws records. Star Wars has broke everything. You'll yeah. never, you'll never have another story that has stretched three generations, mm-hmm. basically three generations as we discussed. Right. You'll never have another story like that that spreads that far. It's got something for everybody. Everything. I mean, yeah, Marvel's doing a great job with with the Avengers and all that, but mm-hmm. like we discussed, twenty five, thirty years from now, you may have real Iron Man suits flying around. Yeah, I mean the tech. Is gonna. It's kind of like the old Star Trek shows with William Shatner. I mean, we're, we're some of. The, of course, we're not beaming up nowhere. But the the thing, some of the things they use, like the um, the communicators, are nothing compared to iPhones. Right, nothing. nothing. <laughs> you know, they we got the bit, whole world in our hand with our we, iPhone. We got it all right here, man. And it's just um, so you look at some of that, and you're like, well, that's 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 fun to watch, and I like the show, but. The tech is dated. Exactly. And but the thing the thing with Star Wars that Marvel will not have on Star Wars um, is that the tech it never gets dated. It never gets dated. The story could go and go and go and go. Absolutely. I could. mean, if you go back and even just cover the old Republic, you can go back further than that. They 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 can always write more material. They could yeah they could go with they could make. I don't know how many movies and shows just from what's there now. Right. And then, and then you, moving forward past Skywalker. It's uncharted territory. It's uncharted territory. Where does it go now? Because George Lucas didn't even have a vision past that point. It, yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, so it's I, safe to say Star Wars is here to stay. And uh, it's going to be entertaining right. folks for a long... After you a and little, I are gone. A little side note. Uh, yeah, it'll be there way after we're gone. Yeah. They're still going to be doing Star Wars. <laughs> Which could be any day now. Any day. We can go any day. Uh, a note that Terry shared with me when we were prepping for the episode. Uh, they're talking to George Lucas about coming back in as a bigger role as far as doing the movies. That would be great because, I mean, it's anytime you've got the originator, the master... Keeping them involved, I think, is is yeah. just a, very helpful. You know, it's you know he's a creator. Yeah, Disney bought all of it out, but I think that's kind of a you know a tip of the hat. You know, you're the man that brought this to making what it's making today. Exactly, and it, and it will always. I think with Star Wars fans, you know, like you said, Disney bought it. They're putting it all out there. They own the world. But for Star Wars fans, when the, something comes the Disney from Disney Empire, the Disney Empire, yeah, they're the Empire now. But when it comes from George Lucas, that kind of gets your attention. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, this guy, if anybody, if anybody's going to know, this guy's going to know. Yeah. 
Jason, we have put out a whole lot of material today. Yes, we have. This has been an incredible episode. I've been chomping at the bit, like Terry Cagle said. Yes. I've been chomping at the bit to do yeah. this episode. He likes to say that. I love Star Wars. <laughs> I love it as much as I do Marvel. I grew up on it. Oh, it, it, it's, it was a big deal for me. I agree. Um, you know, that's, I'm more of, I mean, and, and, and we're getting into single digit percentages, but I'm more of a Marvel guy. I'm a Star Wars guy. Very single digits. Very single digits, but man, Star Wars, it, um, it, it's, it's right there. It's right there with it. But man, we're gonna close the episode. Uh, I want to thank all our listeners. Uh, as I've told you, we've been listened to in four different countries. Four different countries. We're getting listeners in Puerto Rico, Sweden, the United Kingdom. So we're across the pond. We're across the pond. Uh, the United States. We're getting listeners from all over the U.S. From uh, what have we said before, from Bangor, Maine to. Out to California. Right. All over the country. And in between. <laughs> we even got our neighbor in Mississippi. We got right. We got there. our neighbor in Mississippi, Georgia. We got Florida listeners and Tennessee listeners. So we're we're going to listen to an all surrounding states in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, we, we are our, our own rebellion. If you're right. listening to this, you're part of the resistance. That's right. <laughs> uh, if y'all enjoy the show, go check out our Facebook page, Two Guys in a Podcast. Send us a message. Let us know, let us know what you think. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, the, uh, now, Apple, they can do a ratings thing on Apple. Too. Yeah, on Apple. If you go to your Apple Podcast app, please give us a five-star rating because that gets our voice out to just more people. You never know what we're going to talk about on Two Guys. We might uh, might be just the information you needed to make it through that day. Right. We've had some great episodes. Uh, we had the Trucker Terry edition where we introduced Terry Cagle to the show. And, yep. uh, we had our first couple episodes that were just gibberish, and we talked about a little bit of everything. <laughs> a little bit of everything, man. We threw it all together. We've and, done uh, paranormal episodes. We're talking about maybe doing some true crime episodes. Yes. Uh, we're we're going to keep this thing growing and learning and trying to put the best product we can out for people and um, with um, – with, uh, Terry coming on as, as as the new edition about seven or eight episodes back right. now. I think um, we can really do something special for you guys. That's right. Well, guys, y'all have a good one, and we'll see y'all next time. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs>